I know there are those who insist that Confederate monuments do not make any political statements, but simply represent an innocent collective recognition of the self-sacrifice of fallen soldiers and an attempt to preserve their memory. There was a time in my life when I might have been able to believe such a thing, a time when I failed to ask some pretty basic questions. A very prominent Confederate monument stands in the middle of the town square in Tuskegee, Alabama. The Tuskegee Normal School for Colored Teachers, and later Tuskegee Institute and ultimately Tuskegee University, would eventually become one of the country's most important institutions for higher learning for African Americans. The Tuskegee Normal School was established in 1881. The Confederate Monument was erected in 1906. Monuments like this one were put up all over the South, not simply so that we would remember the war dead. They were put up in places like the town square in Tuskegee as reminders to African Americans of their place in a white supremacist regime, and as a warning to them not to forget it. We did not see this in 1997. We visited Tuskegee briefly, ate lunch at Thomas Reed's Chitlin House Chicken Coop, and then visited Booker T. Washington's grave and the Lifting the Veil statue on the campus of the university. But that was about it. We missed the town of Tuskegee entirely. But 2018 was different. We approached from a different direction, from the east. But we also came at Tuskegee from a different angle this time, more attuned than we were 20 years ago to the way the legacy of white supremacy is written into the landscape of places like Tuskegee. We ate in Thomas Reed's restaurant in 1997, but I did not think then to ask about who Thomas Reed was. I later learned that Thomas Reed once vowed to climb up the State House in Montgomery and personally remove the Confederate battle flag flying atop the White Dome. Apparently the flag went mysteriously missing the night before the planned coup and was moved to the Confederate memorial on the north side of the Capitol. It turns out the episode landed Reed both in jail and in the New York Times. On February 3, 1988, Reed and 13 others attempted to scale an 8-foot-high chain-link fence around the Capitol and purloin the flag. They were held briefly and later released on $3,000 bond. Reed had made removal of the flag a personal mission. This is just the beginning, he said at the time. Five years later, the flag was taken down from the cupola of the Capitol. A write-up in the Chicago Tribune at the time illustrates how the debate around the flag was framed 30 years ago. It concludes with the sentence, But the flag's supporters argue that removing the flag is tantamount to erasing history. It is not difficult to see now the subtext in such reportage. This was, for many years, the final word on the subject, and where most whites were keen to leave the matter. But not Thomas Reed. By 1988, when Reed was president of the Alabama NAACP, he had been involved in state politics for over 20 years. In 1970, he and Fred Gray, a pioneering civil rights attorney from Montgomery, became the first African Americans to serve in the Alabama legislature since Reconstruction. Photographs of Reed in the state archive show him on the town square in Tuskegee in 1966, campaigning to a small crowd of mostly African American men in fedoras, hands crossed on hips in pockets. He stands on the tailgate of a station wagon emblazoned with signs that say, Thomas Reed, the man we need. The image does not show what Thomas Reed can presumably see from the tailgate of the station wagon, the Confederate monument in blackface. 
The marble soldier is covered in black paint after a march earlier that year protesting the murder of Samuel L. Young, a Tuskegee student and Navy man and local civil rights activist. On January 3, 1966, Young attempted to use the white restroom at a local gas station. Marvin Seagrest, the white station owner, told Young to go around back. Young refused and asked to use the public restroom inside the station. After an altercation, Seagrest shot Young in the face with a 38 caliber pistol. His body was found next to signs announcing Gulf Tain and Happy Holidays in the rain-damp driveway near the Greyhound station. A golf club clutched in his lifeless hand. <laughs>